Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. John chapter 21, beginning at verse 15. In this passage of Scripture, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ meets with his disciples following his resurrection from the dead, and they're gathered together at the Sea of Galilee. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Let us pray together. Almighty God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit who inspired John to write down this account of our Lord's meeting with the disciples on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And Lord, we ask now that your same Holy Spirit would inspire our hearts to understand the word that you have for us this morning. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, I have a question for you. How do we tell Jesus that we love him? You ever thought about that? Jesus taught Peter how to say, I love you, following his resurrection from the dead. Before Jesus rose from the dead, just a few days earlier on Thursday, he gathered with his disciples and they celebrated the Last Supper together. And then the Apostle Peter denied that he knew Jesus, not just once, but three times after Jesus was arrested. Let me read to you that account from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22. Then seizing Jesus, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance, but when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter said to them, uh, sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I do not know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. 
A few days later on Easter Sunday, some women went to the tomb to finish anointing Jesus' body for burial. These women were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and Salome. And when they had met Jesus alive, Jesus told them to go and and tell the disciples that he was alive, and also to tell the disciples to go to Galilee, and I I will meet them there. Now, the Sea of Galilee is where Jesus first met several of his disciples who were fishermen, like Peter and James and John. And Jesus met them while they were fishing. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Three years after that first encounter, Jesus is with his disciples again at, on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And this is one of the resurrection appearances that Jesus made 40 days following his resurrection from the dead before he ascended into heaven. And while they were gathered together, Jesus did some work in Peter's life that transformed him into a faithful follower, into someone who cares for the Lord's flock. Jesus asked Peter three times, Peter, do you love me? Now, in the Bible, numbers are used to convey different things, and the number three is used to convey something of importance or to emphasize something that God wants us to keep in mind. So when something is repeated in the Bible, it's usually repeated three times for emphasis. An example of this is when Isaiah was called to be a prophet and to go and care for God's people. Isaiah had the opportunity to look beyond the barrier between earth and heaven. It was as though there's a veil that separates what's going on here in this physical earthly world from what's going on up in heaven in the spiritual realm. And the veil was parted, so to speak, and Isaiah was able to look up and he saw God seated on his throne. And he saw things going on in heaven that are always going on in heaven, even though we can't see them right now doesn't mean that they're not going on just because we can't see them. And so Isaiah was able to look up into heaven and God said, who will we send to to the people? Who will I send? And Isaiah said, here I am, send me. And during this encounter, Isaiah was also able to witness and hear the worship of God that's going on in heaven. The angels were singing, and they were saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Heaven and earth are filled with his glory. So, God is not just holy. God is holy, holy, holy. It's mentioned three times for emphasis. And so, when Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? He's doing so for emphasis. When Jesus says to Peter, feed my sheep. He's doing so for emphasis. And he's also doing it to reinstate Peter as the leader among the disciples because Peter had denied Jesus three times for emphasis. It was a total denial on Peter's behalf. And yet Jesus reaches out to Peter, someone who had betrayed him, 
reaches out to Peter and reinstates him and gives Peter the opportunity to think about his feelings and to think about his commitment to the Lord and to think about how he had let Jesus down. You know, when Peter realized what he had done, he went out and whipped bitterly. He was repentant. He was grieving his sin. And so Jesus gives him this opportunity to tell him three times that he loves him. And he also gave Peter the opportunity to say, I love you in front of the other disciples who knew about Peter's denial. And Jesus also enabled the other disciples to hear three times that Jesus was calling Peter to care for his flock. Even though Peter had denied Jesus, Jesus still loved him and still used him in ministry. So, there's some nuances that are going on here in this scripture passages in the original Greek translation of this scripture. Every time that Jesus asks Peter, Peter, do you love me? Jesus uses the Greek word for love, agape. There are several different kinds of words that are used for love in the New Testament. And C.S. Lewis talks about them in his book, The Four Loves. One of the words for love is storgi. And this is used for family love, kind of love that parents have for their children and so on. There's the word eros, another word for love. And this is romantic love. There's philia, which is brotherly love. And then there is agape. Agape is a self-sacrificing kind of love. It's an unconditional kind of love. In John 3.16, where we read, For God so loved the world, the word love is agape. Self-sacrificing, unconditional. God loved the world even when the world was sinning and pulling itself away from God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, it's a sacrificial love, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In John 13, verses 34 through 35, Jesus says, A new command I give you, love one another. Again, agape love. As I have loved you, agape love, so you must love, agape, one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another, sacrificially, unconditionally. Even the people who make us crazy, we're called to love them. John 15, 13, Jesus says, No greater love, agape, has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. It's a sacrificial kind of love. So in the scripture passage, when Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? He uses the the type of love, agape. He uses that kind of love, that word. And Peter responds, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But Peter does not use agape. Peter uses philia. I love you like a brother. And so Jesus asks him again, Peter, do you love me? Agape. And Peter again replies, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Philia, like a brother. And then Jesus asks Peter the third time, do you love me? Do you really love me? And in this time, Jesus uses the word philia. 
And in essence, he's saying, do you really love me like a brother? And Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you. Philia, again. Jesus is calling Peter and inviting him to examine what kind of love he actually has for Jesus. And each time that Peter uses the word brotherly love, Jesus also says, well, then feed my sheep. Love others with a sacrificial, unconditional kind of love. He's calling Peter to a higher kind of love. To an unconditional, sacrificial kind of love that is necessary in order for us to take care of the flock of Jesus. In time, the Holy Spirit transformed Peter's life. And Peter became a faithful shepherd who was able to love others with a sacrificial unconditional, agape kind of love. The scriptures tell us that Peter became a missionary, and he went on missionary journeys to Samaria and Lydda and Joppa, Caesarea, Antioch, Corinth, and eventually to Rome. Peter was also the first leader of the early church. And then in 64 AD, Peter was martyred, during the reign of the Emperor Nero. The early church historians write about Peter's martyrdom, and they say that Peter was crucified. So when Jesus says, you will reach out your hands, and this is the kind of death you will have, Jesus was talking about Peter's death by crucifixion. And when it was time for Peter to be crucified in Rome, because he was a faithful witness of the resurrection and would not stop stop telling people that Jesus really is alive. They said, we're going to crucify you. And Peter said, not the same way that you crucified my Lord. And they said, okay. They turned his cross upside down. And so the upside down cross is known as St. Peter's cross. Now, one of the early church leaders who wrote about this was named Clement. And he lived between 35 and 99 A.D., He was a contemporary of Peter. He was part of the church in Rome. And Peter passed on the leadership of the church in Rome to Clement before before Peter was crucified. Now, before Peter died, he wrote two letters to the flock, 1st and 2nd Peter. And in 1st Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, he writes... To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's suffering, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve not lording it over those entrusted you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Jesus transformed Peter into someone who could say, I love you, with agape love. Peter was able to say to Jesus, I love you, by caring for Jesus' flock with an agape kind of love, an unconditional, self-sacrificing sort of love. 
And Jesus is doing the same transforming work in our lives that he did for Peter. Right now, Jesus is transforming us into people who are able to love others with an agape love. Jesus is enabling us to love others in a self-sacrificing, unconditional kind of way. We are becoming like Peter because of the work that Jesus is doing in our lives. And Jesus is doing this so that we will be transformed into his image, so that we will become people like Jesus, who always has treated us with a self-sacrificing and unconditional kind of love. Now, God used this passage of Scripture, this encounter with Peter on the shore of the Sea of Galilee in my own personal life when he called me to be a pastor. I was 14 years old, and I was reading a Bible that my parents gave me when I joined the church. And I I stood up with the rest of the confirmation class and told everyone that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And they gave me um, a living Bible. And on the inside... They wrote, may you always be guided by 1 Corinthians 15.58, which is, always abound in the work of the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever wasted or in vain. And I thought, okay, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That kind of sounds like a full-time sort of a thing. What does that mean? And then I was reading in the Bible. I just, I just started reading. I could, just couldn't stop. And I just started reading, and when I got to... John chapter 21, and this encounter that Jesus had with Peter, and Peter said, do you love me? Peter said, yes, and then Jesus said, well, then take care of my sheep, feed my lambs, care for the flock. I thought, well, if I love Jesus, then I need to be taking care of his sheep, but what does that mean? How do I take care of his sheep if I really love him, and if I really have to do that full time, what does that mean? And so these were the questions that I was struggling with as a new believer when I was 15, uh, 14 years old, and thankfully God brought people into my lives, youth leaders, pastors, elders from the session, and they helped me to sort all this out. But all of us are called to take care of Jesus' sheep. All of us have to wrestle with that question, how do we tell Jesus we love him? So do you love Jesus? Well, then take care of his sheep in the Sunday school. Do you love Jesus? Then take care of his sheep who are shut-ins and cannot come to worship services. Do you love Jesus? Then take care of his sheep in the youth group, even the ones in middle school. It's a big ask. Do you love Jesus? Then take care of his sheep who are on the mission field. Do you love Jesus? Then take care of his sheep who are in your family. Do you love Jesus? Then take care of your souls. When I was ordained as a pastor, a friend of mine from seminary did some needlework. And she framed it. And it said, take care of my sheep especially yourself. When we take care of each other, we are taking care of the flock of Jesus. And we have an opportunity 
to take care of each other with a love that is self-sacrificing, a love that is unconditional. Jesus is right now transforming us into people who love with an agape love. So how can we tell Jesus we love him? We can tell Jesus we love him by taking care of his sheep. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org.